All right. Hello, and welcome to the Middle East Forum speaker webinar series. I'm Stacey Roman, and I will be moderating this discussion today. We are pleased to have Luke Moon, Deputy Director of the Philos Project, join us, to, join us to discuss Evangelicals in Israel, On the Brink or Back Together. Mr. Moon will speak for 10 to 15 minutes, then open it up for questions. Should you wish to ask a question, please use the Q&A box located at the bottom of your screen to type your question. And with that, I will turn the discussion over to Mr. Luke Moon. Thank you very much. It's uh, great to be with you all. I think I first need to start by answering the question, what, what is an evangelical? Uh, because, you know, in, in today's climate, evangelical has come to have a lot more political connotations. But I think when we talk about evangelicals, it's important to actually go back to how it's broken out, what makes an evangelical. And there tends to be four criteria for this. One is, you know, you believe that Jesus is the only way to God, that you must be born again, that you have to share your faith. But the most important one for, for I think, our discussion here is that you believe the Bible is the inspired, inerrant word of God. And that becomes the framework, the backdrop for uh, evangelical support for Israel. The Bible is, is key here because, you know, the Christians read their Bible and they see, they see Israel, Jewish people, Jerusalem, all over the place. And it, it becomes the real reason that Christian support for Israel is, is strong. Uh, it's, it's, there's a lot of false assumptions that the reason that evangelicals support Israel has something to do with the end times, that, you know, somehow all the Jews need to go back to the land of Israel uh, in order for Jesus to return, at which point, uh, you know, you, you all be uh, converted or, or uh, I don't know, thrown in the pit of hell or something, something strange like that. Um, but, you know, if support among evangelicals, white evangelical supports about 78%, uh, it's about 60% for Hispanics, 50% for African Americans, 50% for Catholics, even 50% of mainline Protestants support Israel. And if it was about the end times, uh, you wouldn't have any of that because I've, I, I, I'm a Christian, I'm evangelical, and uh, I go to church each Sunday, and I have don't think I have heard a sermon about the end times in the church I've been involved with in probably 15 years, right? So what, what does that say? That says that support for Israel among evangelicals is not rooted in some kind of like end times, like conspiracy. Now there is that, I mean, not, not conspiracy side, but there are Christians that, that, certainly do believe that Israel's role in the end times is significant and they can play that out. But that is not the, the basis for, for evangelical support. The basis for evangelical support for Israel is found in the Bible. Um, now, it's important that, uh, you know, when, when Christians read their Bible, like I said before, they, they see, you know, Jerusalem, Israel, uh, I was reading an article today about a guy who who was uh, significantly impacted by a by a trip to Capernaum, right? Uh, I can tell you my first experience uh, to Israel was back in 2012, and I remember you know walking the streets of Jerusalem, going on the Mount of Olives, looking at these places where 
you know, uh, Jesus stood and, and walked and taught. And I thought, man, this is like, it's crazy. It kind of got under my skin. Now, back in 2014, uh, I wrote an article that was similar to that of uh, an article that David Brog uh, posted on, um, on the site here, in which laid out some of the challenges uh, facing evangelical support for Israel. In the article that I wrote uh, in the Tower, I outlined four organizations that I thought were, in a sense, pillars of evangelical um, of evangelicalism, and therefore, you know, that were in a sense anti-Zionist, and as a result, were going to or were leading evangelicals away from uh, support for, for for Israel. Those organizations I, I highlighted: um, World Vision. Uh, Willow Creek Church, uh, Wheaton College, uh, and and uh, in the in the article I I talked about an organization called called Telos. But if I had written it a, a couple years later, I would have had added an organization called called Biblica to that list, which which was behind the is responsible for the publication of probably one of the most popular Bible translations. That currently exists. So let me unpack those, and I'll tell you where they are now. Because back in, because you know, when I when I got the invitation to to speak here, I I decided you know to to go back and look at that article way back when it was a, it was certainly a walk down memory lane, because World Vision at the time, 2014 had a staff of probably 120 there in in Jerusalem, uh, and there. They, their area of, of focus was uh, Jerusalem, uh, the West Bank, and Gaza. So they intentionally, I think, left off Israel uh, off their off their list. Um, and they had uh, in in 2016, one of their staffers had gotten busted uh, for for uh, uh, laundering money to Hamas, and it became a, a big deal. And I wrote an article at at that point laying out how World Vision had basically been an anti-Israel organization all the way back to the guy that was the second founder, who, not second founder, uh, second president, who was actually forced to resign because he compared uh, the, uh, the Jews, uh, uh, the IDF to, to Nazis uh, in, in southern Lebanon. Um, so they had, they had a long history of anti-Israelism. And, and today, World Vision, uh, you know, back then, if you had, if you looked at their social media for every, you know, if they if posted five days a week, it would be, it'd be, you know, why Israel is, is hurting children in Gaza? Why, why is Israel hurting, uh, you know, people in, in the West Bank? And why is Israel doing this and Israel doing that? And then, and then on Friday, you know, somebody would post, it would be, you know, a, a Jewish person writing, uh, why I'm embarrassed to, to, to be a Jew, right? Um, because of, you know, Israel or whatever, right? So it was a very anti-Israel, anti-Zionist organization there in, 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 the, in Jerusalem. And uh, now they're, they're basically down to a staff of about 15. Uh, their budget's cut significantly. And uh, they're, they're nothing like what they were. Uh, and and I, I think it's because of the pressure that I and, and others had applied to World Vision for their, their singular focus on 
on anti-Israel and anti-Zionist, particularly anti-Christian Zionist perspective. Uh, second, Willow Creek Church. Willow Creek was one of the, uh, the largest um, mega churches in the world. Uh, it's certainly one of the largest in the United States and ran an annual leadership conference called the Willow Creek Leadership Conference. And, and the, the Hybels, Bill and Lynn Hybels, were, were known for their kind of anti-Christian Zionist, anti-Israel rhetoric. It was often soft and couched in, in, in you know, in, in some cases in, in, you know, more, more sophisticated rhetoric, but nonetheless, uh, it was, it was a, it was, they were, they had a huge influence because if you were a, a mega church and a mega church is anybody who has a church of over 2,500 people on a, on an average Sunday, then you would, you know, Willow Creek was one of the organizations that, that you look to. Now, you know, 2020, uh, the Bill and, and Lynn, Lynn Hybels were, were, uh, Bill was kind of forced to resign uh, after accusations of marital infidelity and uh, Will Creek's involvement in the Middle East has all but dried up at this point. Um, the third, it was, was Wheaton College, which is the, kind of the, the Christian Harvard, if you will. Uh, we had been trying to get uh, pro-Israel trips out of uh, Wheaton for a long time. Uh, it was uh, Gary Burge, the, the, the infamous um, author of a of a very anti-Zionist uh, critique that was used uh, by the Peace Presbyterian Church USA in its in its pro BDS efforts uh, was a was a big player in an organization called um, Christ at the Checkpoint. All of these Gary was was a was kind of a main player at at Wheaton College uh, and was was make basically made it almost impossible to get pro-Israel groups to do tours to Israel or even get a pro-Israel club started on the campus. Uh, that changed. He, re, uh, he, he retired or they moved uh, to a different uh, college. He now is at, at Calvin. Um, and we, we have now taken uh, every year through our, our passages uh, program, Christian kind of birthright type program, uh, we've taken hundreds of Wheaton uh, students to, to Israel at that point, at this point. So Biblica, as one of the ones I would have mentioned on that earlier article, uh, they uh, published a, you know, basically a, a social justice Bible, if you will, modeled after uh, the NIV. And, and in it, it, you know, kind of opens and lays out the kind of the, how you, how you read a Bible, how you unpack a, a Bible. And, and in the, the, the section after the Pentateuch goes from, from, you know, according to, well, by, by the layout that they have, uh, Joshua through, I think, uh, uh, Nehemiah, um, basically talks about, uh, here, 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 this is in quotes, this is like, here the, the people of Israel enter the land of Palestine, okay, which is, which is patently absurd, because there was no land of Palestine at the time when the Jews entered from, from, uh, from, from the, the exodus, the wanderings, right, and, and yet this was the, the ridiculous stuff that was being promoted uh, by Biblica. Uh, they got challenged uh, heavily on it, uh, called out heavily on it, and uh, I think that that Bible ended up never seeing the light of day, and and it was uh, didn't get a lot of printings. Finally, uh, probably the one of the more influential organizations was a group called Telos, 
which did a more sophisticated protest tours, the kind that, you know, they, they you know, you go sit down with a, with a, have dinner with the settler. Mind you, that's the, the only time that you meet any, you know, actual pro, pro-Israel Zionists uh, in, in, in your tour. The rest is, is a lot of kind of more, uh, here's all the, here's, here's why, you know, the Palestinians are suffering at the hands of the Zionists. Uh, and in the end of your telos tour, you, you'll you'll come out um, as most people do, kind of really kind of anti-Israel. Uh, and telos uh, is is actually not doing well. 2020 uh, uh, coronavirus has uh, made a big impact on their bottom line, and I'm not sure that they're going to survive the rest of the year. So, you know, wins in the in the you know, pro-Christian Zionist camp among evangelicals is, is quite high in terms of organizations. It also helps that you have the embassy move and you had the Golan Heights recognition and you had the recognition that settlements don't violate international law. Um, and you have the rise of the global south, which is largely in, uh, is, is evangelical uh, and very pro-Israel, almost, you know, very, very pro-Israel. Uh, in which we should start to see an, a huge number, I don't know if there's a huge number of them, but a lot of, of, of embassies begin to move from Tel Aviv to, to Jerusalem over the next several years as the influence of evangelicals in the global south increases and moves into the political arena. The, the downside, here's, here's where we, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned, is that Israel has, has all but become a, a political uh, a political issue uh, dividing right and left. For a long time, it was kind of bipartisan. I mean, it, you know, APAC would would love it to be still a bipartisan, but it is increasingly Israel is a right-left issue, and the perception is um, is that it it's kind of wrapped up in everything connected with evangelicals, right? So, in in a sense, whether whether you know, the average um, pro-Israel Jewish person in, in New York likes it or not, uh, we are in, in the same basket in terms of our political, the, the outcomes of, I think, November uh, will, will significantly impact um, our, you know, where, where the, the, the pro-Israel world breaks out. Um, I think we have, I don't think you're going to lose evangelicals anytime soon. Even, even the recent uh, stats on millennial support for Israel, millennial evangelicals for, for Israel, there's some decline there, but it's in the five to seven point range, which is, you know, not small, but it's also, um, it's, it's not precipitous like it, like it, I think uh, it could be, uh, or in some cases, have been in, in some other uh, demographics. So that's, I think, where things are at, and I'd love to take your questions. All right, thank you so much. We have quite a few questions coming in. First one is, how much influence do pro-Israel evangelicals have on the Trump administration? Well, I actually, I, I think they have a lot. There's a, I mean, the evangelical roundtable is, is made up of, I, I know a good number of them, and across the board, they're almost all pro-Israel in, in, in a very kind of, in a, in a very strong way, right? Like it wouldn't surprise me as if, 
if you know you pulled the evangelical uh, uh, roundtable that advises Trump and asked them on support for you know something even uh, as as particularly controversial as annexation of of you know the West Bank and settlements, uh, I think you would even see you know support for for that move higher among the evangelical roundtable than you would among average evangelicals or even even average Jews. Wonderful, thank you. And you were just talking about the uh, younger Christians um, and their views towards pro-Israel. Uh, can you just compare this a little more to the older Christians and expand upon that? Yeah, I th the, the when when asked the way where it breaks out a little bit more is that younger evangelicals uh, tend to if they're asked, do you support, you know, do you support Israel or the Palestinians or both? you get an increasing number of the millennials will say both, right? Like they don't, it's almost like they don't want to be forced to pick sides. I think that's, and you get this a lot with like in with pastors in churches as well. Like Israel is one of those issues that an average pastor will make a risk reward calculation and they go, you know what? It's just not worth it for me to like make this case one way or another because somebody in the congregation is going to get upset with me, right? And pastors are, are actually risk averse, right? They don't bring up a lot of controversial issues, right? And so as a result, like you're not, you, you don't get this, um, you know, there, there's not a, there, there's, it's not like the, the, the younger evangelicals are, are becoming anti-Israel. It's, it's, they're just like, they don't want to really be seen as picking sides. You know, we're, we're, you know, to use the, um, the telos is framing, uh, it was, we're pro, 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 right? Pro Israel, pro Palestine, pro peace, pro Jesus, to which I would add pro unicorn, because it's like, it fits on a bumper sticker nicely, but the hard work of, of engaging with that region and the people in it is is doesn't fit on a bumper sticker, and I think Christians uh, should recognize that you know there there is a, um, a saying among jihadis in particular, first the Saturday people, then the Sunday people, and we've seen this across the Middle East that they're, they're like the Christians are leaving, they're gone. Like you know, in 2000, 2003, there was a couple million. Uh, Iraqi Christians and down, now it's down to maybe maybe a quarter million, right? Like and and you can't you can't put that on Israel, right? Just as I don't think you can put the declining number of Christians in in Bethlehem up all on Israel's shoulders either. Like that that world doesn't work, right? So evangelical young younger evangelicals I think are drawn are motivated by the compassion narrative by the social justice narrative, both of those do carry weight but i don't i don't see it it's it's not currently translating into kind of anti-israel sentiment as much as it's like indifference because they got other a lot of other issues that feed it to the to their list of concerns understood thank you uh, do you think that the Christian leaders that uh, diminish the importance of churches, Christian readings of the Hebrew scriptures, and just focus on the New Testament have much influence on U.S. Christian views of Israel? Uh, yeah, actually, I do. I mean, I think that that like that is a, certainly a problem in the evangelical churches that they that you know they can focus on. Uh, a bit too much on the New Testament, if you will, right? Or ignoring it, it becomes uh, there was a there was a famous heretic 
uh, called Marcion back in, in, I don't know, three, 400. Somebody's going to give me a hard time because I'm not naming the time right. But nonetheless, it was a, he was basically said, you know, the God of the New Testament is different than the God of the Old Testament. The God of the Old Testament was a, was a, what was a tribal deity, but now we see that Jesus is really who God is. And so we need to get rid of the Old Testament out of, you know, reading from churches and that kind of thing. And, and he, that, that, that was declared a heresy. Um, but you have a lot of, uh, particularly pastors, I would say, that tend to be on the more progressive wing of the evangelicalism, uh, that tend to downplay, they don't know what to do with the violence of the Old Testament. And it, a lot of it hangs on that Jesus was nonviolent. And therefore, you know, and, and so, you know, and if Jesus is God, then, you know, how do you answer all the, you know, the commands of, of God in, in the, in the Old Testament to, I don't know, wipe out Jericho completely, destroy I and not let nothing, you know, be left alive, right? That, that doesn't fit. And so it's either to say, well, we'll just jettison that whole part of the book altogether because it's, I just don't want to deal with it. And we'll talk about the Sermon on the Mount, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit. There's, you know, so it, it's, um, I'm, I'm being a bit facetious here, but it does matter, uh, you know, that Christians uh, are taught uh, the, you know, that, you know, the whole of scripture, the Old and New Testament. And I would say also be taught the book of Revelation, because there is, like, like I said, I, it's, it's actually kind of sad that in the last 15 years, I don't think I've heard a single sermon on the end times in a pulpit. And I go to church every Sunday. So, but I'm also not, you know, I, I don't go to the types of churches that where, where that kind of thing would almost happen every week. But I, I, I'm as representative of an average white evangelical as, as most, so. Well, thank you for that. We have a question in about Mark Green. Is he still involved with the BDS anti-Israel movement as he was five years ago or so? And does the Worldwide Meeting and Power 21 have an anti-Israel agenda that he is aware of? So I I know that, so so Mark Green was behind a, 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 a movie called um, uh, Little Town of Bethlehem. Uh, and back in gosh, it must've been 2014. Uh, you know, I, I actually con, you know, confronted Mark about that book or not that book, but that film. And even like when I, when I confronted him in, in actually it was probably 2015, when I confronted him in 2015, like you might as well have like, I might as well like punched him in the face. Like the guy walked away from me as fast as he could. It was clear that like he wanted nothing. It was like, you know, it was, you know, someone comes to him and it was like a, a moment of, you know, I think uh, a, a lack of clarity, if you will, in which he got involved in that, in producing that, that movie. And, and I think he is like, he wants nothing to do with it. I mean, they, I don't know that Mark, he, he was uh, responsible for a bookstore chain. I don't know that that, I, I don't even know that that bookstore chain even still exists, might, but there is nothing like it was. They were, you know, it's the Green families behind um, the Museum of the Bible, and and I, I think of you know the the hundred thousand dollars probably that that Mart spent on that little town of Bethlehem movie has been outsized by the millions and millions of dollars that 
the Green family has spent on, on promoting uh, pro-Israel, pro-Jewish content, both at the Museum of the Bible and for helping start an organization called Passages, which brought has 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 taken almost ten thousand Christian college students to Israel, right? So for all the like, you know, it, the movie's bad, but I think uh, the the response by the Green family in their pro-Israel support should um, I think should settle any any questions about that. Now I don't know. I, I'm not involved in 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 Power Twenty One. It's a global movement. Uh, there are some people in that movement who, who I think share some, some anti-Israel views and that's, that's unfortunate. But I think the, 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 the main thrust of that organization, it, it, it's mostly in charismatic and, and Pentecostal circles and the global South is ridiculously pro-Israel. And I don't see that, you know, the, the handful of, of, anti-Israel activists within Empower 21 have any real long-term influence over a much stronger pro-Israel support. And let me bring up one more point about Empower 21. They tried to have a, they're, they're pro, they, they have a guy, a guy in there that was, that was very, uh, you know, a, a, a Palestinian Christian guy who's a part of that, that, that network and they were going to have a conference part of, they had a conference in Jerusalem. They were going to have a conference in uh, Jordan in, in, in at the same time. And then also they were going to do an evening in Bethlehem. The evening in Bethlehem got, got canceled and the, and the uh, evening in Jordan got canceled because it was associated with, it was accused of being Zionist. Okay. So uh, <laughs> no matter what, it, it, they, they don't they, they lose on both sides right but it's it's because they were gonna like the thing that you know can't happen at all in both those places that christians actually evangelize to muslims actually that's that was that was the bigger problem it's not about israel uh, so. gotcha well if you could just let us know where we could find some more information on your work and uh, the philos Philos Project, that'd yep. be fantastic. So uh, philosproject.org is our website. We have a great uh, uh, portal there called JaffaGate, which gives uh, kind of a breakdown of news uh, and commentary from around uh, the Near East. And uh, obviously uh, I'm there and I'm available also on social media. You can find me and I'm happy to, you know, have any kind of follow-up conversations with anybody because I love this stuff. It's fun. And I'm sure our viewers will take you up on that. We have quite a few unanswered questions coming in. Uh, well, thank you so much. Unfortunately, we've come to the close of our webinar. Thank you again for speaking with us today. Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> for our viewers, please join us Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern for Israel Insider with Ashley Perry. And again on Friday for South Asian Muslims and the American Experience with former Ambassador Hussein Haqqani. Thank you all for joining us and I hope you have a wonderful day.